This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Man, today is going to be a great, great day. Uh, my wife and I, we get the opportunity to serve at the Fresno campus. Uh, I know we're in Clovis right now, but Fresno, that was your shout out. That was your moment. Y'all be, better be loud. Right now in Fresno, they're going crazy. They don't know what, this is like seeing like your, your favorite person on TV, like he's on the new. That's what Fresno's, that's what's happening right now. We're going to have a party next Sunday. But no, I love the Fresno campus. Uh, Clovis is, is where I was uh, uh, for the most part. Uh, but a few months back at the beginning of the year, uh, they gave us an opportunity to go there to that campus and help lead, help lead the team there. And, and there's just been some great things happening in Fresno. I know the first few months that we were there, we had seen well over a hundred people make decisions for Jesus. But what's incredible is just in the last four weeks, we've already seen about 60 people make decisions for Jesus. So I really believe that, man, the rest of this year for our campus, I believe for Clovis and I believe for Madera, can be the best part of our year. God's doing some great things at our campus. Uh, I know we have over 230 people in small groups right now doing life together. If you're not in a small group, you are missing out on one of the greatest things that Celebration has to offer. Fresno, I love you. Uh, I will not be there, though, today, so I'll see you guys next week. But I am very, very excited uh, to, to you know, take, to, take part two of this series entitled Rally. Say Rally. Rally, rally, rally. You know, this like Lance said, that this, this, this series really stemmed from a lot of things that were taking place in our nation. Uh, it was nearly impossible to turn on the news without seeing something crazy happening again, again, and again. And even as we gather here today, there's people in different parts of our country that are still recovering from some of the things that have taken place. And I think it's very important that we still, throughout our day, take time to pray for some of those people that are still looking for family members, some of those people that are still believing for a better tomorrow. But this is what I know about our country. This is what I know about our communities. Uh, when, when, when we get hit with things, we join forces together and we always come back stronger. So we are believing that those communities are going to rally together and they're going to see a great finish to this year. You know, today as we start, I want to uh, share a definition of the word rally. There's many definitions, but this definition here today, I really believe is going to guide uh, the rest of the time we have together. Rally, to draw or to call people together for a common action or effort. To draw or call people together for a common action or effort. When action takes place, Results will always follow. When people take action, things will begin to change. It's not enough for us to believe for a better tomorrow. But when action joins the equation, results will begin to happen. I want to start off by reading a scripture in James chapter 2, verse 14 through 17. It says this. It says, my friends... What good is it for one of you to say that you have faith if your actions do not prove it? Can that faith save you? Suppose there are brothers or sisters who need clothes and don't have enough to eat. What good is there in your saying to them, God bless you, keep warm and eat well, if you don't give them the necessities of life? So it is 
with faith, if it is alone and includes no action, then it is dead. Let's pray before we jump in. God, I just thank you for today and for what you're going to do in in the time that we have together. God, you see every need represented in this room at every campus here in Clovis, Fresno, Madera. And God, we believe that you have the answer that we've been looking for. And God, I pray that you give us clarity today on the proper steps of action to take that will put us at the right place at the right time. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A few weeks ago, um, I was leaving the office. It was about four o'clock and uh, I checked my phone. I was anticipating a shipment from uh, UPS. I had ordered some shoes. I really like shoes. And the shoes were going to be delivered that same day. Uh, the problem with my shoe size is the shoe, shoe stores don't carry a size Goliath, so I have to order everything online. I wear a size 14, so it's nearly impossible to go to the mall. I, I got to really practice my patience. I place the order, and I got to wait about 10 days for it to show up to my door. But today was the day my shoes were going to arrive. It said at 2 p.m. your package will be delivered anytime after 2 p.m. So it's four o'clock. So I'm driving home like crazy. I'm taking red lights. I'm ready to see my shoes. I, I, I get in my parking lot. I run up to my apartment and I see a package at the door. I'm like, I'm, I'm so excited, you know, and, and, I, and I pick up the box. I don't wait to get inside. I, I break it open right there before I open my door. And sure enough, it wasn't my shoes. My wife had ordered some Starbucks stuff like go to Starbucks. Why do you have to order stuff online for like you ruin the moment? And so I I throw the box back on the floor and I run out to the parking lot because I'm going to wait out this UPS truck. Why? Because my shoes are on the way. I'm very impatient. Like waiting in the parking lot is going to enable this man to drive even faster to my apartments. But that's the kind of person that I am. If the microwave directions read three minutes, about 2.30, I start losing my mind and I pop open the microwave and I'm going to eat it cold because I'm not going to wait. And so I'm out there waiting and I'm pacing back and forth, back and forth. I'm looking for the neighbors are like, what are you going to, this guy's going to fight. So he looks angry. And so I'm, I'm looking for this UPS truck and, and I'm out there waiting, waiting, waiting so eagerly for my shoes to arrive. And as I'm out there, this thought enters my mind. And, you know, if I wanted to sound really spiritual, I'd say, well, it was God speaking. You know, God was talking to me. And I'd say, well, I do believe it was God, but I don't want to freak any, any new people out. So I had this thought. And the thought said this, Andrew, what are you doing? And so I talked to myself. I, I'm, I'm waiting for the UPS truck. Why? Because I placed an order for shoes a week ago. What does that mean? means that my shoes are about to show up. I'm waiting for the UPS truck. Oh, okay. So, Andrew, can I, can I ask you something? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I promise I need help. And, and so I'm continuing this conversation. Can I ask you something? Yeah. It would be silly for you, right, Andrew, to wait in your parking lot anticipating a package if you never placed an order. I said, yeah, it would be. You'd be, you'd be a fool to be in the parking lot waiting for a UPS truck that isn't bringing anything to you if you didn't place the order. And in that moment, God just shined this light bulb over me. That's what faith looks like. If what you believe doesn't move you to a place of action, then you do not have faith. 
But when what you believe moves you to the parking lot, anticipate, no, it's going to show up right now. I know I look crazy, but I'm out here waiting. Why are you waiting? Because I did something. The Bible says when action is mixed with what you believe, the package is on its way. There's some things we need to recover. And the way we will recover is when faith hits the table. Faith with action produces results. Where there is action, results will always, always follow. Where there's actions, results will always follow. I want to read a story that really uh, you know, shows this principle in action. It's Jesus' first miracle. And for a lot of you guys, you're going to love this miracle because this is when he turned water into wine. Can I, can, can I get a shout out from any of my wine drinkers out there? Oh, wow, Clovis. I'm surprised y'all hung over. You're not hung over, man. You guys are, are crazy. In Fresno, they know that was a trick. They didn't know what to do. Like, I, I know I'm about to drink during the Raider game today, but I don't know if I want to raise my hand. That's what they're doing. I'm sorry, the Raiders already played. Anyways, John chapter 2. We're going to read the first miracle of Jesus, verse 1 through 9. It says this, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. He called his mama woman. You know Jesus was a Mexican. Because you don't call any Hispanic mama woman. She will beat you down with whatever's near her. You better hope she's not near the knife drawer because you're in trouble. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were, now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water and they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. In this moment, we see three, three things. Number one, there was something that had to be recovered. They were in need of wine. Listen, you may not be in need of wine. I want you to envision the very thing that you have need of. That one problem that you've been praying would go away. What's that one thing you have need of? These people had need of something. The second thing that we notice is it required action before the results happened. The miracle could not happen until the men did something. It wasn't until the water pots were filled, until the people did what Jesus said to do, that the miracle took place. Jesus' mom looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, I got a problem. I need you to fix it. We need wine. And Jesus' response to his mom was, Mom, I mean, that's a big problem. I get it. But why is that my concern? And then he goes on to say, my time has not yet come. 
I used to read this and I think, well, maybe it wasn't the day for Jesus to do a miracle. Maybe he was saying, it's not my, my time yet to show the world who I am. Well, we go on and we read that Jesus did do the miracle. So what did he mean when he said, it's not my time yet? What Jesus was trying to say is, there's a part that you're going to play. And then there's a part that I get to play. But I can't play my part until you make your move. I can't turn the water into wine until you make your move. And in that moment, mama knew what he was saying. So she took her eyes off of him and brought her eyes to the guys and said, you're about to make a move right now. He's about to give you an opportunity to take a step and whatever he asks you to do, just do it because that's how the results are going to happen in this situation. This is the third thing that we see in this story that Jesus, he gave them something to use to take action with. Jesus gave them something to use to take action with. This is what you have to know about God. Is that God is never going to ask you to do something. He's never going to ask you to take a step of of, of faith. He's never going to ask you to take something and do something with it if you are not capable of doing it. I'm not saying that step is going to be the easiest step to take. But I do want you to know If he invites you to take a step, you will be capable of doing it. He didn't ask these guys to go pull something out of left field. He said, what's available? What's in your possession? Some water buckets. Go grab what you have. We possess the very things we need to take, to take action. When there's action, there will be results. When we move, God will move. When we take action, God will move. No action, no results. This got me excited about taking action. I want to just take about two minutes really quick just to speak to our Fresno campus and our Madera campus because we're going to talk about something real quick, Clovis. You can eavesdrop on the conversation. I'm going to let y'all eavesdrop on this conversation we're about to have. We're going to talk about something that you guys in Clovis have no idea what it is. You've never heard of this? It, it, it will actually come across as a bad word to most of you. Um, you, I, I promise you this. And it's called setup. Setup. You don't know what setup is. When you show up in Clovis, oh my goodness, how did everything get here? Who put the chairs out today? Listen, I know this is not a problem in, in, in Clovis, but in Fresno, I'm telling you, after those middle schools get middle schoolers get done on Friday, that campus is is, is trashed. They're so dirty. Our toilets are just slurpees and hot Cheetos mixing the toilet. And guess what we get to do in Fresno and Madeira? We get to set up. And when we set up, you know what we do sometimes? We think about Clovis and how spoiled you guys are. Get to walk in your... It's raining outside. Oh, it's raining. We have church in the rain. Y'all just have to walk from your car to your door and you're good. And this day, about a month and a half ago, and again, this is from Madeira and Fresno. A month and a half ago, uh, it was 4 o'clock. I was done. Everything in my life ends at four o'clock. Apparently, I was four o'clock, and uh, and I was I was I was wrapping up the day there in Madeira, about 130 degrees outside, and um, and I'm, I'm I'm remembering that I left the tents uh, for the Rio Vista where we have have church. Their tents were were behind behind the gym, put away, and I knew that I had to put them back where they went. 
Uh, but I was in a car where it was cold. It was AC, but I knew I had to do it. And I was upset because there's six, six huge tents and umbrellas. And I got to walk them individually from one side of the campus to the other side of the campus. And I got out of the car and I was mad. You know who I was mad at? Your campus pastor, Nate. You know, the guy with the beard. I was thinking about Nate. Why doesn't Nate have to do this, God? And I'm grabbing one tent or one umbrella and I'm taking it. Man, I hate Clovis, and I'm grabbing the other umbrella, and I'm taking it. Man, they're so spoiled, and I'm grabbing one umbrella and taking it. And as I'm doing all of this work, and I'm taking umbrella after umbrella, God said, you're welcome. You are welcome. I'm thinking, what do you mean you're welcome? God, I should be telling you you're welcome. No. God's like, no. You've been praying for great things to happen at your campus. You've been praying for miracles to happen at your campus. I can't move, Andrew, until you move. I know moving that umbrella looks like work, but it's actually just a setup. It's actually just a setup. Stop complaining about having to put your campus together. Be grateful that I've given you something to use to take action with because I can't move until you move. So set up, people. You're welcome. You're welcome that you get to get there at 7 on Sundays and move trailers and move TVs and move all that stuff. Clovis is like, why is he not talking to us? Listen, y'all can do something, too. There's plenty of things to do here in Clovis. It may look like work. I just want to tell you, it's a setup. When you move, God moves. When we move, God moves. So for us, obviously we're not going to carry around buckets and fill them up and take them to Pastor Randy and say, here, Pastor Randy, here's a bucket of water. So what has God given you to use? What buckets do you possess? Everybody in this place possesses four different things. And I want to break those things down really, really quickly because those are the things that God is going to give you an opportunity in your life to use to make a difference. And in return, you get to experience your best life. There's four things. Number one is this, your time. Say time. God has given you time. You have 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Time is something you, I know you're thinking, I don't got time. No, 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 no. You have time. God has given you time. The next thing he's given you is talent. God has given you a natural ability. It's a gift from God that you can do what you do. What comes easy to you does not always come easy to the person sitting next to you. Never belittle the gift God gave you to use to make a difference. If you don't use your gift, the world will know. And the world will feel it. And the world will not be the same if you don't tap into your talent. You are, you can be used by God. This past week, I cut my thumb with a razor. I should have listened to my mom when she said, don't play with knives. And my thumb was bleeding and I couldn't use it. And to me, my thumb was always so insignificant. Like, who needs a thumb, you know, until you can't tie your shoes. And I was trying to cook eggs yesterday. I couldn't break an egg because you got to, you know, use your, use your thumb. And I realized, wow, even the things that come across as small play significant roles. Your talent is everything you have, and God will use it to make a difference. He's given you talent. God's also given you treasure. He has given you things 
of value. He's giving you things of value. There are things that are very valuable to you. I know immediately our mind goes to, to money. And yes, that is obviously something of value because we work, you know, 40 hours a week, some more to get it. Because why? We need it. It's, it's valuable to us. But man, your reputation can be your treasure. For some of you, cashing a check is not a problem, but putting on a Dream Team shirt and letting people walk in and see you wearing it could be everything about it. It's your treasure. What's your treasure? God may ask you to do something with your treasure that could be the setup to the results that you've been looking for. God has given you plans. Number four, he's given you plans. Everybody has plans. I mean, even when you don't have plans, you pretend you do. What are you doing after? Well, I got it. You ain't going to do nothing. You're going to go home and watch, you know, I don't know, Lifetime. That's what my, my, my wife watches, Lifetime. Only thing I like about Lifetime is unsolved mysteries. That's about it. That's the stuff I'm into right there. You ain't going to do it, but we, got, we have plans. And, and at some time or another, God may tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, you know that bucket right there on the floor? Those are your plans. I want you to do something. I want you to take the plans you have, and I want you to surrender them back to me, and I want you to take a step over here and do this. And it's in those moments of action that you as an individual will begin to experience the life you were always intended to experience. God has a great life for you, but it's going to require your action. I want you to think about the different things in your life that you have need of. There's things that you have need of. Some of you, it's in your relationships. You're believing for God to do something in your families. I want you to know something. God can do it. God can do it. God can do it, but I want to let you know this as well. He's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, you know that bucket called time? I need you to pick that bucket up, and I need you to take your wife on a date. It's going to cost you some time, but I'll produce the miracle. Some of us are believing for God to open up doors. We're freaking out about our future. God's saying, hold on, listen. Stop freaking out. I got, I got the perfect space for you but I'm going to need you to take your talent. Well, pick up your bucket called talent. And I'm going to need you to do A, B, and C with it. And if you do it, the results are going to follow your life. My question is, we all want the results. We all want the water to be turned to wine. But what keeps us from taking action? What keeps us from taking our time, our talent, our treasure and our plans and saying, you know what, God, I'm going to give it all to you. What keeps us from taking that step? I want to highlight two things that I believe keep us from taking those steps of faith. Number one is this. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I'll be very honest. The steps that God invites us to take, the steps that he you know, gives us an opportunity, a lot of times they don't make any sense. If I'm honest, it almost seems like that should be the last thing that I should be doing, God. But God always knows best. And God even knows that you and him are not on the same page. In Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, God acknowledges that y'all don't think the same. We don't think the same. He says this, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. In this moment, God is acknowledging, yo, we do not think 
the same. It's, it, it reminds me of even, you know, I don't know how many of you guys are married. Married, I know there's a lot of married people in here. And of husbands, have you ever talked to your wife and like she says one thing, but she really means another thing? It's like you're just trying to get it right. Like I'm going to get this one right. Like you, you've, been, you've been waiting all day for her to ask you a question and you know you got the right answer, but that's not really what she meant. It's, it's a tricky, marriage can be a tricky thing. The other day I was, uh, this is kind of random, but the other day I was, uh, I'm not even sure where I was. I was somewhere. My wife shoots me a text and she shoots me a text. It's a picture of my little baby. And under the picture it said, on the road again. You know like that song, on the road again. You know, like, you know that song? Yeah, I know, whatever. On the road again. Awesome. So I text back, ha ha. You know, that's what you do. And side note. When people text you, ha ha, they're not really laughing. They're actually just trying to be polite and respond to your text. It's six ha's that prove they're, they're laughing. But mine was just a, a ha ha. And so I continue throughout my day. And in my, throughout my day, I'm, I'm trying to get a hold of my wife and she's not responding. I'm thinking, what is, where's this girl at? So I call her. I'm like, what are you doing? It's hours later. I'm at Disneyland. <laughs> Disneyland? Yeah. I told you I was going to Disneyland. No, you told me on the road again. That's like telling someone you're tired. I'm, I'm going to bed. I'm going to go hit the hay. And then going out back and punching a bag of hay. That's just not how you do things. And that's the same with God. Sometimes when God says to do something, it doesn't make sense right here. But I want you to know God always knows best. His ways are not your ways. His ways of doing things will never make sense right here, but for the person that is bold enough to say, it's okay, God, I may not understand it. I may look like a fool, but I'm going to take a step. I can promise you this. God will never leave you hanging. God will never leave you, hang, leave you hanging. Another reason that I think we don't take our time, talent, treasure, plan, surrender it to God, take action, why we don't, is because we believe that we can't. We believe that we can't. In Mark chapter 2, I'm not going to read the story, but there's a, a story of, of four, four men, and they're bringing a, a guy on a, on a stretcher. He's paralyzed, and they're bringing him to Jesus because they believe if they can get him to Jesus, the man will be healed, and he's going to be able to walk home and, and do life with his family the way he was always intended to. And so they bring him to the door, and the Bible says that the house was so filled up with people, there was no room to get them in. It actually says they couldn't do it. You know, for a lot of us, you know, we know that we should be doing certain things with our time. We know it. No one has to tell you what to do with your time, with your talent, your treasure. We know what we should be doing. But what's our answer to the person inviting you to take that step? Just can't do it right now. I'd love to, but I, but I can't. I can't. And I'm not saying you don't have a real reason why you can't. But I am asking you this. How bad do you want to see the water turn into wine in your life? How bad? Do you want your marriage to get back together? How bad do you want your finances to make sense? How bad do you want to see your kids serving Jesus? How bad do you want to find fulfillment? How bad do you want to find hope? How bad do you want to live your best life? These guys encountered 
a roadblock. But the Bible goes on to say, they were not going to let that stop them. They picked this guy up off this mat on their shoulders and they threw him on the roof. Talk about being desperate to see results. They start beating in this roof down and they make a hole in a roof that is not even their house. And they bring this man down in the middle of the crowd. And Jesus looks at those four men. And he says to them, I have seen your faith. I have seen your faith. Faith is bigger than head knowledge. Faith is proven through your action. That man got healed that day. And miracles took place in that moment. I was uh, watching TV the other day and I came about this story. There was a mom who had a young boy. I believe he was about four or five. And he had contracted a deadly disease. The doctor said, your son is going to die, period. He will die. The mom was, you know, desperate. What can we do? I mean, this, this can't be, this can't be it. Doctor said, There's, it's it. He said, you don't understand. My son has a birthday in just, just a few weeks. We were planning for his birthday. The doctor said, you got to start planning for his funeral because he won't live to see his next birthday. She said, this, this can't be happening. Bible, not the Bible, the story says that this woman was a believer in Jesus. And this woman knew a thing or two about faith. Her situation said it can't happen. But this woman found a step of action to take. She looked like a fool, but she left the hospital and she went to the store. And she looked at her friends and said, listen, they want me to plan his funeral, but I'm going to start planning his birthday party. What balloons do we need to buy? Her boy is dying in the hospital and she's looking at the gift she's about to present to him on his birthday. What kind of cake should we get? What should we buy him? Weeks go by and that boy was miraculously healed and that boy lived to see his birthday. God says, show me your faith by your action. When we take what God has given us, what he's given us, and we surrender it back to him and we do what he says to do with it, the results you're looking for will show up at your door. So why? Why is this important? Why is this important across this room? I mean, you got one life to live. I'm sure everybody would desire to live their best life. If you knew that your best life was on the other side of your step, would you not take it? When we take the step of faith, when we take what God has given us and we give it back to him and do what he says to do with it, you will encounter your best life. You know, I love, I love the local church. I love Celebration Church. This is the only church I've ever really been a part of. I got here 18 years ago, didn't know nothing. Didn't know nothing. I didn't know anything about Bible people. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't understand anything. But this church provided spaces for Andrew Nava to take his time, his talent, his treasure, 
and his plans. And they created spaces where I got to take my time and put it here. And I got to take my treasure and put it here. And I got to take my plans and, and put it here. And I began to see everything about my life turn around. You don't understand who you're looking at on this stage. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not the most perfect person. I'm not the smartest Christian. But the one thing I've done with my life is when God has given me a step to take, regardless of how crazy it looked, I'm dumb enough to take it. I want to give you guys three things that this church has given me. Three spaces that this church has created for me to take. To use these things that have helped me live my best life. And I want to tell you, this is going to sound very, very simple. It's almost going to sound so simple, you're going to want to walk out and leave. But how silly did it seem when Jesus said, hey, those water pots, you see them? (laughs) Go fill them up. That'll produce the miracle you've been looking for. One of the greatest things, I'm going to share three, that we can do, that this church offers at every campus. Number one is get involved. Number one is get involved. There's two spaces that this church has, not for us, for all of us. Number one is this, our small groups. We can get involved in a small group. Oh, I know that sounds simple, but go into a small group. It's going to require you to take your plans from your busy week. Say, God, as much as I have to do all these things, I'm going to take my plans and I'm going to surrender them to you. And I'm going to do what you want me to do with them. And I'm going to go show up to that small group when I had every reason to go home instead. I want you to know that there's miracles taking place in our small groups. Not, not, not miracles like, oh, they got all this. No, you got to stop over-spiritualizing things. Marriages are being restored in small groups. Jobs are being given in small. Things are happening in small groups that would happen no other way. You're crazy to think that God is just going to poof, drop a miracle in front of you out of the sky. God will always use relationships to get to you what you need. If you're not in a small group, you're missing out on your best life. The other thing we have to get involved in, our dream team. Can anybody on the dream team attest that this is what you need to be a part of? The dream team are people that do what? They take their God gift. They're taking their talent and they're using it every Sunday. Oh, I'm so excited about some of the new spaces that we're about to offer on the Dream Team. I know we think that the Dream Team just revolves around our church on a Sunday, but there's going to be some Dream Team opportunities that are showing up on a Monday through Friday in our community. What are those spaces going to enable you to do? Enable me to take my talent. I'm going to surrender it to God, and when I do that, I'm going to experience results In my life, how do I join those things? Easy. Almost as easy as filling up a bucket of water. Download the Celebration USA app. Get on the Dream Team icon and fill it out. Get on the on the small group link and sign up. Well, I don't have nothing in common with those groups. How desperately do you want your water to turn into wine? I don't play softball, but I joined a softball team. Because I need my water to turn into wine. We can get involved. The second thing we can do is we can invest. Say invest. This is one that a lot of times rubs people the wrong way. But the only reason why is because they see their treasure. Surrendering that is a loss rather than a, than a gain. Pastor Cherie 
She said it earlier. One of our core values is this. We live to give because giving changes lives. And for us, there's nothing greater. I'm so glad there was people in the Fresno campus that gave to the Clovis campus before this ever existed because none of y'all would have had a place to come to church today. I wouldn't be here today. Giving has directly impacted my life. When you give, it changes lives, but not only does it do that, it's an action that you get to take. And not only do their lives get changed, but your life gets changed. And there's some things that God will do in your life when you take that treasure and you surrender it back to him. All the time, our pastors get up and, they, and they're not telling you what to do, but they're creating a space that God actually created called the tithe. We don't talk about the tithe. It's offensive. It's a step of action. If it turns into wine, are you going to be mad at me after? No. Try it. The Bible says that itself. Test me now in this, that I don't show up in your life like never before. One of the things I love about this church, and they just started this not too long ago, was our tithe challenge. It's a three-month tithe challenge. You fill out this card. If your life is not different in three months by giving, we will return every single penny back to you. Is that a gimmick? No. But that's how much we believe that our God can do when we surrender our treasure back to him. Grab that card. Fill it out. How much do you want? God can do it if you make a move. We can invest. The last thing I believe we can do at all of our campuses, this one's going to require your time, but we can invite. We can invite. This is what we believe. We believe that the local church is a great place for people to hear about Jesus. The Bible says this, and I'm going to read this really quick in Psalms chapter 34, 8. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Think about that restaurant that you encountered that you love so much. What would have happened if your best friend never told you it existed? You would be missing out on greatness. Think about your life. Where would you be if that person didn't keep knocking at your door saying, come to church with me, come to church with me. If you didn't have that crazy mama that said, son, get up, we're going to church today. Where would you be if someone didn't invite you to church? I look at the girl that invited me 10 years ago. She was at my school. She annoyed me sometimes. And she always said, Andrew, come to church with me. Come to church. No, I don't want to go to church. But what did she do? I'm going to invite you anyways. Because all you can say is no. But what can come out of you saying yes? I had no idea when she invited me that I was going to find purpose. I had no idea that when she invited me, that one day me and my family, my parents, who were not in church, would be serving at the Fresno campus with me. She had no idea what was on the other side of that invite. When she said, come to church with me, Andrew, I had no idea I was going to marry Pastor Randy's daughter. I had no idea. That's crazy. More or less be a campus pastor at Fresno. It didn't make sense. I want you to think about the people in your life that you have influence with. God didn't put them there for nothing. 
God put you around them for something. He wants you to take your time this week and invite them to church next week. When you take action, results will follow. To rally, to rally, to call people together for a common action. I believe our best lives are closer than ever. I believe your next step of action could introduce you to the greatest life you've ever experienced. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for every person here today. God, I just pray that we just find hope. But not so much in just knowing what you can do for us, but God, hope that you're going to be there when we take this step of action. God, we're done debating. We're done arguing. We're done fighting against it. Today, God, we just say yes. We acknowledge that you're smarter than us. We acknowledge that you'll never, you'll never fail us. That the big steps that we may have to take, that they are a gain, not a loss. Give us the courage that we need to join a small group. Give us the courage that we need to join the dream team. Give us the boldness that we need to take our treasure and invest it into people. Give us the boldness to invite those friends, those family members that have claimed they want nothing to do with you. We believe, God, as we take those steps of action, that we will see great, great results. With every head bowed and every eye closed, before we move move forward today we just want to give people an opportunity to make a decision <clears throat> a decision to uh, really follow Jesus the Bible says this at the end of our lives we're gonna spend it in one of two places but when we call upon the name of the Lord when we make a decision to say you know what Jesus nothing about my life makes sense I need you if you're out there I need you when you make that decision the Bible says that your eternity is secured in heaven that's awesome but that's not all that takes place. You see, Jesus also came to earth, did what he did, died on a cross so you could experience your best life today. And through that relationship, I believe that great things are in store for you. The Bible makes it very clear that as a promise, salvation is for everybody, but there is a step of action that we take. You don't have to jump through hurdles. You don't have to fix yourself. All you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. And in this moment, as a church family at all of our campuses, we're going to pray a prayer, and that miracle is going to take place. Let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I believe that you lived for me, and I believe that you died for me. And I believe that God raised you from the dead for me. Today I call you my Lord, and I make you my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.